Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hey, Broody. How are you, buddy? Who's this, Tom? Yep. How you doing? Sometimes you meet. Okay, I'm gonna shut the music down, and we'll just uh, we'll just rap you and I. Okay, Tom. Uh, how you feeling? That's more important. <laughs> I'm terrific, Rudy. How are you doing? Likewise. Great, great, Every, great. Everything feels it. like picking up. I have this uh, friend of mine uh, that I met through another friend. Uh, he's doing show. Uh, uh, Barry Gotti's daughter, the the head of Motown. Uh-huh. She does a show. She does a show at the Hotel Fiesta, and this uh, guy, his name is Larry Boston, and uh, he's supposed to be putting together an album of all the music uh, from the Sugar Shack, the hit songs that the artists played. And uh, yesterday he called me, he says, I got some of this stuff done. I said, bring it over right away. So... He gave gave me a CD today, uh, uh, yesterday, and I didn't get a chance to look at it because my, the girl that helps me with the computer comes in today, you know, she already left. So I'm going to look at it and, uh, and, uh, tell you what I think about it. He's putting together all the hit songs that, uh, that the popular artists, uh, sang at the Sugar Shack. So we're going to call it the Sugar Shack Songbook. Ah, okay. Great. And then, I, then we'll give you a copy, and then you'll be able to play all the hit songs when uh, we don't have uh, some audience participation. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I uploaded a clip that sounded so much like the Sugar Shack with the uh, Temptations and the Four Tops, and maybe we'll get to play that today. Um I, I talked to Chuck Carter, and he says that he's received a whole series of DVDs with uh, video clips of the right. artist. Right. He's got a whole bunch. So uh, when I get through with my stuff, I'll compare with uh, what this uh, friend of mine's put together and uh, see what he has. I just want all the the acts. He's got acts that didn't work the Sugar Shack on that uh, uh, those videos, but I just want to stick to the acts that work the, uh, for the sugar, uh, the Sugar Shack. You know, I want to make yeah. it a Sugar Shack thing. Absolutely. Now, there's a good question. I got a call from uh, the gentleman who's interested in doing the documentary. And, you know, there's been a lot of controversy lately. In fact, Billy Porter told me about a situation, a play that they did, and uh, not related to music at all, but uh, to a gangster in um, Chicago. I think it was Two Gun Pete or something like that. And they got sued because they used the word, the name Two Gun Pete, even though it doesn't seem to be trademarked or anything but his question was and then of course there's the Marvin Gaye uh lawsuit recently that they put right. in yeah so his question was is when obviously when you incorporated you used the uh the name I mean the the Sugar Shack were you how were you incorporated Sugar Shack Boston Sugar Shack 
that's a good question. I think okay. it was Sugar Rudy Garino, Sugar Shack, Boston. Ah, okay. So we uh, ah, have right, to we... check that out because it's so long. I forgot all. I think it was Sugar Shack, Boston. All right. So to... uh, yeah, we may want to uh, inco um, look into copywriting and trademarking that under you. Right. Okay, right. that's not. Yeah, so if we can do that, then we can, you know, be sure that we're moving ahead with all of this. Yeah, with a clear path, so nobody can uh Yeah, we don't want somebody to try to, right, somebody to say that, uh, you know, that, you know, they, they, they own that name. Right. right. Well, uh, uh, okay, what we'll do is uh, we have to get a lawyer to... To look that up. I'll I'll uh, I'll work on that this week after we get through with the show. I'll work on it, and maybe next week I'll have an answer. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, in the meantime, we uh, I got the uh, the URL, the the website uh, name, uh, Sugar Shack Boston. So we're okay with that. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, uh, and I couldn't get, I couldn't, I tried to get the Sugar Shack, but that was taken. But, uh, but I, but I did get Sugar Shack Boston, so we're all set that way. Yeah, because there's a, there's a ton of Sugar Shacks. I couldn't believe strip clubs, yeah. restaurants. Right, so <laughs> you, you, right, so you may want to uh, look at Sugar Shack Boston as, uh, you know, owning that. As our trade name or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, or even if that's taken, Sugar Shack, Rudy Garino. All right. Yeah, either one. I'll do, uh, I'll, we'll do the, the both of them, uh, Sugar Shack Boston, Rudy Garino or something. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, I would do Sugar Shack Boston, make that one, and then Sugar Shack, Rudy Garino, make that the second okay. one. Yeah. See, the whole thing... See, the whole thing I'm trying to do is uh, keep it to the Sugar Shack. The artists, all the artists that worked in that little club, it's, it's amazing because everybody, even Maurice Starr, his first question was, how did you get all those people in that little club? You know? Exactly. So concentrate on what we did with that little place, the Sugar you know, Shack. I was on the vineyard uh, uh, last uh, Monday night. I was down there performing, and uh, my buddy, um, I'll leave his name out <laughs> right now because I'm going to tell a, a story, um, but he was he was in his early 20s was there, and he is one of those slick dressers, but he was, uh, you know, he was mixed up in all the stuff, but he was, you know, he, he had, a, he was actually a promoter himself, and uh, he, you know, he, 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 you know, cut his teeth by going to the sugar shack, and but uh, he was surrounded by, of course, the ladies and uh, their gentlemen, but he was never part of that. He was part of it in that uh, when these gals would have trouble with their pimps, he would let them stay at his place, obviously. Um, <laughs> he was pretty uh, connected. And uh, he yeah. just told us there was a gal there, one of the pimps' name was Belinda, very uh, kind of Hispanic-looking gal. And uh, she approached him one night, because he's an extremely handsome guy, this guy. 
And she approached him and she said, you know, I could, I'd love to come to work for you. And of course he wasn't in the business, but he looked at her and he, he laughed and laughed the other day. He says, I looked at her and he says, in all, in all honesty, I said to her, I, 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 I would love to, but my mother won't let me be a pimp. <laughs> You know, that's, <laughs> you know, one thing about some of the girls, uh, what they used to do when they came in, they used to go to the barn, because uh, where Jerry used to work at around there, they used to go to the barn, and they uh, used to go up to the pimps. It was amazing. And uh, the pimp, they start talking to the pimp, and before you know it, the pimp would say, are you choosing me? <laughs> and the girl would say yes. <laughs> and that's how they hooked up. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I thought, I thought the pimp would uh, be romancing them and doing uh, uh, all kinds of things to win them over. But the girls went up and choose them. And they yeah. would say, you choose me. <laughs> I was amazed when I heard about it. Uh, yeah, how they uh, one another. That's what... Uh... That's what happened in this situation is that uh, this one particular gal, she was drop-dead gorgeous, and she approached him and said, you know, I'd like to come to work for you. And he said, I I I I'd love to have you, but my mother won't let me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a funny one. That's a real funny one. <laughs> yeah, there were so many things. I mean, that was the amazing thing about... Uh, the sugar shack, you know, and I think it's kind of interesting because we've got such momentum going here. Uh, in fact, the documentarian, he called into the show uh, a little while ago, one of our first shows, and he, he uh, through connections, knows Sherry Gordy. He doesn't know Larry Boston, but he knows uh, Sherry, and he was sure. going to approach her, but you've, you've already done that. He knows Sherry Gordy? Yeah, and uh, but you've already approached her. I mean, wouldn't Sherry want to talk to um, her father and and talk about doing this festival? I mean, it would just make total sense, wouldn't it? Well, uh, well, I didn't get to that yet with them. See, uh, what what really happened is uh, we had a guy out here that uh, that wanted the artist list and. Uh, said he had a connection with the downtown area of Las Vegas uh, where they did a, a festival called Life is Beautiful. In the past two years, and from what I found out reading in the paper, it wasn't that successful. So I didn't know about it. So what he did is he brought my, uh, my Sugar Shack a proposal and... Down to them, and uh, before you know it, they turned it down. And uh, what they did is they turned around and bought Stevie Wonder. And uh, Stevie was on the list of uh, the stars that I was going to buy, for, you know, the stars right. that appeared at the check. So they already they turned around, they turned us down, and they turned around and they bought Stevie Wonder, which is really unusual. Stevie to work downtown there, you know, and uh, so I'm, right. I I don't want to try and do this uh, by exposing the idea because a lot of 
a lot of these venues are turning into soul, uh, festivals. So yeah. I'm afraid someone's going to steal the name Soul Festival or whatever yeah. and do it on their own, you know? What do we need yep. Rudy Garino for? We'll do it ourselves, you know? Exactly. Hey, I think that's why I don't want to be too, uh, too right. loose situation, you know? Right, right. I think Chuck is on the line. Is that you, Chuck? Yeah, it's me. Great. Am I on? Am I on? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Mr. Garino, you've got to stop corrupting these pimps that come in your club. I had a mother call me today hysterical that her son is being approached by some of your ho clientele. So watch it, will you? Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, well, a couple things. I just thought I'd chime in. Uh, uh, since the ideal place for the reunion concert is Boston, I think we're okay, all of us, you know, promoting the idea and everything. Vegas is a big place. They're trying to fill a lot of rooms. So there, yeah, maybe there's a concern of somebody stealing it. But um, Boston, I think, is okay. Uh, what I'm going to do today, Tom, is I'm going to Xerox the list of all the million clips I have and which discs they're on and mail it to you. Then you look it over, and if you want me to copy and send some DVDs, then perhaps you could compile video-wise uh, artists that played the Sugar Shack. Okay? Great. Uh, also, uh, Rudy, Chuck, and I spoke, and we're going to um, give the book that he gave me of all of the uh, ads and articles to the columnist at the Boston Globe to see if we can get him moving. He's committed. He's definitely going to do this. I talked to my buddy the other day. He said, uh, right now, well, a couple of things. He just um, he finished the Whitey book, the Whitey Bulger book, and then uh, that tour took him all over the country for a year or two. And then he just covered this... Uh, um, this bombing case in Boston. So he's oh. been on that, and the Globe told him to take time off because they don't want him to burn out. So it's still on. It's going to happen. We're going to give him this book to see if we can he can push us up in the queue and get this done a little sooner than um, you know being you know a month or two out. So we're, we're working on that part of it. Well, that's good because uh, they some uh, people in Boston that I was uh, affiliated with that uh, might be interested once they see that article, if we do get the article, because uh, there's a guy up there with plenty of money, but he's retired. And, yeah, uh, we're going to get it. He's done, he's done a couple of articles for us already. He's good. His, his word is perfect. Well, that's good. I look forward to it. And... Uh, that maybe we could come up with somebody in the Boston area uh, who who knows about the Sugar Shack and wants to do something with it, you know? Well, yeah, and Chuck and I spoke about that person. We probably want to keep his name anonymous now, but... Yeah, um, for now, for now. Yeah, yeah for now, but uh, I also know, you know, some other people who uh, have a lot of funds, a lot of money, and I think, you know, really, the, what I'm trying to do is I contacted the... Uh, a um, periodical here, a, um, a Bay State Banner, and uh, asked them if they, we, you know, we still haven't really 
uh, expose this to the place that it's going to take off, which is the black community. I went into a uh, local grocery store here the other day, and there was a black woman at the uh, counter, young gal in her 20s, and she was the cashier, and I said, oh, by the way, I'm doing a show about the Sugar Shack. Her eyes lit up, and she says, my mother talks about the Sugar Shack to this day. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, I'm telling that story because, you know, the Sugar Shack is on the lips of the black community to this day. That's, you know, I, when I was taking a course at the BNN TV, which is right in Eggleston Square, Everybody in the place lit up. I remember the Sugar Shack, the Sugar Shack, the Sugar Shack, the Sugar Shack. And so once we get into the black community, you know, we're going to get, first of all, I think we're going to get tons of listeners to the show, and then we're going to start to build, you know, that the momentum for all of the things that we have in mind, whether it's the documentary or the, um, the book or, or, and the festival, obviously, and the music. I mean, these. I think the brand name Sugar Shack... Um, you know, on those albums will do big in Boston, huge in Boston. And it's a great way, another way to get uh, this whole social funding, put those on Kickstarter, because now, Chuck, you've got something to give away when people oh, yeah. pledge, yeah. Yeah. you know, so we can work on on, on that as well. Uh, I got a lot right. of well, ideas. I think, I, I think, Tom, Go that's ahead. a great idea. Yeah, the black community is a key thing. And you had spoken a while back about um, Roxbury. Now, I'm from not, I'm not from the area, but apparently it's a suburb, black area, and they have their own paper uh, or a publication of some kind. Maybe it would be good to start there, you know, or try and reach out to them to see if they might want to do maybe a more modest thing than the Boston uh, other writer will do a major thing. Again, to well, I did. I reached out to them. They wouldn't. They w- I reached out and they wouldn't even respond. I mean, I could physically yeah, go true. there, I guess. And, uh, well, and I also maybe have... maybe physically walk in at least give it yeah, one more shot. That's what I'm saying. I I know. You know. Yeah, I got. I have. Um, I'm getting uh, some assistance from the uh, uh, from a place in Mattapan and the gentleman who's uh, helping me out with. I, I've got um, a real estate issue, and he's um, he's really well connected and uh could probably do something i know what to do but uh um, okay well you know, i'll, we I'll have... get you i'll get you another book of stuff out yep. early next week i'm running until monday but but i'll get it out to you and then you can get a notebook or the sleeves or whatever walk into the roxbury publication with that slap it down and say do you have a minute to look through this yep and if that right. if that doesn't get them they're dead Right, exactly. Right. Good. Um, also, I don't know when you <clears throat> tuned in, Chuck, but I spoke to Rudy. Uh, the documentarian that wants to do this is still gun ho but his question is, because of the recent Marvin Gaye situation... Oh, I heard um, that. I heard that. I heard that. It did. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Well, the Marvin Gaye situation is a music copyright, which has more ferocious lawyers. Um, the name Sugar Shack is everywhere, I think, because I'm in Los Angeles and down in Huntington Beach, which is a a beachside town south of me about an hour, there's a Sugar Shack restaurant that's been there since about 1975 and is still there. A little little beach clams and shrimp place or something. 
So there's probably lots of sugar shacks, but I think Sugar Shack Boston would be the key to get something registered. Um, okay, good. I don't think there that would be that much of a problem. Sugar Shack is a song. Sugar Shack or Humpty Up restaurants, it's sort of a generic type name. Exactly. If worst, if worst comes to worst, there was any sort of problem, it's sort of fudging, but we could call the whole thing the Sugar Shack, S-H-A-C-K-E, Shack. Okay, now it's yep. bending it a bit, but that would be unique. So yep. there's ways to get around it. I think your guy is probably just nervous. He's a black guy. Marvin Gaye sued that bozo who, you know, family sued that bozo that ripped off, uh, got to give it up, and he's freaking out. But Sugar Shack, right. I think, is pretty generic, you know, yep. uh, so probably not as much of a concern, you know. Okay. And again, there, you know, we we could call it Sugar, S-U-G-A-H, Shack. Yep. You know, there's a slight change, you know, and it's close enough to the original thing. Again, sadly today, due to ambitious lawyers and a litigious society, um, everybody's afraid to do anything. But a lot of times, just go ahead and do it, you know, or or research it. And if you have to change a little, you know. That's my, you know, you can talk, you can talk all you want about copyrights and trademarks and everything, but let them try to execute this. This is extremely difficult, as we're finding out. I mean, this is, yeah. to get it going yeah. is is really the work. Uh, no, I, you know, agree. So I agree. We can, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, that, you know, I don't think, it, it. first of all, it doesn't cost anything to copyright. It costs maybe 100 bucks max. Right. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And that's all we'd have to do. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, and then get that done, and then we could say, okay, it's taken care of, and we can move ahead. Rudy, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Didn't you say last week, or sometimes when we were talking, as we always do, didn't somebody call you and say they were married at the Sugar Shack? They were what? Married. Married on um, stage at the Sugar Shack. Didn't you say uh, a band member or somebody? Oh, no, I don't remember that. Okay, well, maybe I'm misremembering, but people Garby got married because they went to the Sugar Shack nine months later. But that's a whole different thing. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I have to tell my story. I was, uh, and again, I, I, I someday maybe when, who knows, I, you know, I have the time or whatever happens. Or I'd love to do a story, a movie about the Sugar Shack from my perspective, a white kid growing up in Roxbury, and uh, and exactly. So I was down in the vineyard uh, at one point in my life uh, and just was amazed that I had never been there. And a buddy of mine, another fisherman, came down and we were uh, riding along uh, Chappaquiddick in this beautiful sand dunes, etc. And I told him that I was I couldn't believe that I had never been down there, especially I would have loved to have taken my kids. And he said, well, why didn't you? I said, I was married to somebody who who didn't enjoy the beach. And uh, and we went through a few other things, and that's why I got one of, that was a, a long list of things that, you know, we became incompatible, and I got divorced. He says, well, he says, why did you marry her? And I said, let me tell you something. I says, I was in my early 20s, and we went to the Sugar Shack every mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, listening to the Delphonics and the Shy Lights and the Manhattans, 
I says, you tell me how you can go there with someone listening to that romantic music and not fall in love. It's impossible. It is impossible. And, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, Rudy, right? I mean, that was some of the most romantic music ever done. It's unbelievable. The music just swept me away, and I said, this is the business i got to get into. You know, uh, I was swept away uh, with Al Jolson. I don't know if you remember Al Jolson. Oh, yeah. Uh, he got me involved in this business. I, I went to see the movie, and uh, I fell in love with the story. And uh, I went all over the city, and I saw the picture 17 times. And I uh, wow. said, I got to get into this business. Then I took a trip with Jerry Vale to Las Vegas. And from Las Vegas, we went to Florida. And uh, one day I uh, strolled into a club called the Peppermint Lounge. And there was Wayne Cochran doing all this stuff. And I said, wow, this music is unbelievable. So that's how I more or less got attracted to the music. Yeah. And then, then I found out that uh, he was just imitating some of the singers. And I, I did some uh, research, and uh, he's doing Sam and Dave. He's doing Wilson Pickett. He's doing uh, James Brown. And before you know it, I started looking at billboards, and I was studying this and that. And that's how I got into it. It's the beautiful music that uh, captures a lot of people, like you said. You got married over it. You can't help it. The song is so beautiful and unbelievable. You fell, you fell in love every weekend. <laughs> didn't I blow your mind this time, didn't I? While we're talking so much about love, Rudy, tell uh, Tom about Chandra, the most beautiful waitress of all of them that worked at the Sugar Shack. You tell the story. You know it better than me. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but all right. I'll, I guess I'll kind of fill it in. Chandra was, what was she? Uh, ethnic. Uh, what? Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, think, I think I know about this. Did you, there's a, my agent for years, Lordly and Dame, was a guy, uh, uh, Dave LaCamera. And if I think you're going where I'm going, she was Eurasian. Is that right? No, she, she was Indonesian. Indonesian. Indonesian, okay. Yes. And absolutely stunning. And uh, apparently was part of Twin Sisters and worked at the Sugar Shack. And she, at least from the pictures I've seen, was the most beautiful, sexiest of all the waitresses who was there. So two quick stories, uh, and I think Jerry told me this one uh, a while back. Uh, in those days, Indonesian stunning women weren't as common as our modern America now with all this diversity stuff. So it was kind of a unique thing. So Chandra would go with some of the Sugar Shack guys to the beach in a bikini and literally cause a riot. Uh, you know, it just, I mean, people screaming, guys going bananas. I mean, went crazy, you know, really because, oh, my God, what an exotic, you know, like a, a brown Raquel Welch or something. You yeah, know, really, yeah. really, really absolutely um Stunning. So, um, yeah, she was uh, the hottest one there and uh, very friendly, I understand. And uh, 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I think she passed, which is a shame, because it would be great to, you know, have her be part of this. But right. there's another story in the clippings where Rudy and his uh, gals, about five or six of them, which Rudy would go to clubs with his entourage of stunning waitresses, and went to see Jerry Lewis, who was playing in Boston. And at some point in the show, uh, Jerry stopped the show in the middle of a song because Chandra was wearing a frontless, backless, sideless creation. One can oh only imagine. God. And stopped the show and came down to the front and, you know, acknowledged her stunning sexiness. I'm sure Rudy was sitting there proud and, uh, you know, with his toys and and literally stopped the show and then it got all excited and went crazy and they went back into the show. So Rudy definitely had the hot waitresses there on top of the hose, on top of the pimps, on top of the mob guys, on top of the college kids, on top of suburban couples, all in one room. You know, and that's what's so great about this, because like you say, you were a white kid, went there, blam, got caught up in it. And the backstory on this club and Rudy, along with the great music, of course, and all of that, was there was such a wide range of people in that room, all getting along, grooving on soul music, who never would have been in the same room with each other anywhere else. They just wouldn't. But they were all there grooving. So... Hopefully when a documentary-film-play or whatever gets done, that's going to be a big part of it. Along with, of course, everyone loved Rudy because he was cool and, you know, presented the acts and they all, you know, liked him. And he was a white guy in a tough racial time and all of that. So, no, it's great. But, Tom, when you have a chance, go through Rudy's uh, Facebook photo file again. And look for Chandra. You'll know it's her because she's long, black, straight hair and, you know, kind of brown. And, and she's absolutely a doll. And there's a couple of shots with Rudy, which are very charming. So, uh, <laughs> yes. So, anyway, I'm going to get cracking. I'm going to go to the post office today and send you the printout list of all these clips on the discs. And then you tell me which ones you want. And uh, we will proceed. But, Rudy, I'll talk to you later. Got to run. Love you both. We'll make it happen. Before you go, I want to had a twin sister. Chandra worked at the Sugar Shack, and the, her twin sister was the hostess down in uh, Miami at the other club that we had at the Marco Polo Hotel. <laughs> so I had wow. the, both, the best of both worlds. <laughs> Well, I could ask another. I could ask another question after he said that, Tom. But we'll hold that for another time. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> All right, I gotta fly. Catch you guys later. Let's keep it going. It's gonna happen. See you later. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Right, bye. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Rudy, I guess Billy Porter is uh, in flight from Boston to. Los Angeles, so he's got a uh, uh, grand uh, grand opening of, of or a showcase for a movie that he produced, a world premiere. And I, he said that he was going to try to get out to Vegas. Uh, has he has he told you that or? Yeah, yes, he did. Uh, he did mention he was, he was coming out and he was going to try and stop over, but I haven't heard from him yet. 
Okay. Well, um, when he's there, yes, I told him to put that camera on uh, on his cell phone and get some, uh, in, you know, interview you and get some uh, some video footage of you so that we can have that to start the whole process. Yeah. You know, I got a funny thing. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I knew this kid that used to hang in the sugar shack. I think he was about 16 years old, he says, and we used to throw him out all the time. So I'm walking down the, down the downtown area about 10 years ago, and uh, all of a sudden I hear, Rudy Garino, Rudy Garino. I turn around. I don't even know him. You know, I don't remember him, but... It, he starts telling me how he used to try and crash the sugar shack. He was only 16 years old and everything. And uh, make a long story short, uh, we used to have coffee every now and then. So I told him about what's happening, and he calls me and says, Listen, I like to film you. Is that all right? I said, what are you, you going to do with the film? He said, I like to interview you uh, and talk about the sugar shack. He says, I like to keep it for memories. I says, okay, wow. that's one. Larry Boston comes the other day. He says, Rudy, what if I film you down, uh, you know, down the road when I complete the album with the songbook of the Sugar Shack? I said, what are you going to do with it? He says, I like to keep it for memory. <laughs> I said, everybody wants to film me now. This is unbelievable, you know. You know, I'm so happy that, Somebody's starting to recognize the music at the Sugar Shack and the artists that work there. I just Rudy, hope that... Rudy, you yeah. have left. You have left. I mean, you know, a lot of times we have... The, our biggest critics are ourselves. And But you have left a legacy 50 years later. And here's a cashier at Lambert's in Dorchester. And she's in school and she's studying... Uh, and she said, uh, here she, she lit up. As soon as I said Sugar Shack, she said, my mother went to, she's, my mother never stops talking about the Sugar Shack. So even a 22, 23-year-old kid is talking about what you did with the Sugar Shack. It's amazing, huh, Tom? It's amazing. Okay, well, uh... It, it was a phenomenon. It was unique. I mean... Rudy, I, I have so many ideas, you know, everybody gets uptight and they're talking about all of these trademarks and copyright. I said, you know, you, that's like saying somebody can't write a book about John F. Kennedy. Come on. Anybody can write a book about John F. Kennedy. And anybody right. can write a book about the Sugar Shack. And anybody can do a documentary about the Sugar Shack. But right. the, the, thing, the thing that a book about the Sugar Shack would be not only fantastic from the standpoint of all of these stories that we've received. I mean, the, think of the story of, uh, the, you know, you guys running down to the Playboy Club with the with the with the cop chasing you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but but when you think, we know because we lived there. When you think of the backdrop, not only what was happening in Boston, but what was happening in America from a historical perspective, that there was so much racial tension in, in Boston and in the world. And yet, you had a place that was an oasis. I mean, to me, the, I'm thinking of this now, and I'm drawing the connection. 
what you had was the equivalent to what Rick's Cafe was in Casablanca. Yeah, so that's right. You know, so, you know, you hit the. I think you hit the nail on the head because there were all kinds of people in the Casablanca thing. You know, it was a free. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and you yeah, had it all. You had Frank. I mean, the story of Frank Sinatra and. Uh, and uh, uh, coming to see Jackie Wilson in the Champagne, and you know, I mean, and all of the other celebrities that came into town that had to come by your club because it was a landmark, it was a destination. Never mind the, the, the entertainers you had there, the Ray Charles and the Stevie Wonders and the BB Kings. I mean, it's just, and you're right. I mentioned it. We were talking about this on the Vineyard the other night, and the two guys that had never heard of the place said, why would those acts go to that club? And I told him the story that Eddie Levert told the other night. He said, because it was family. Right, right. We turned it into a family thing, close-knit stage right around the public. It was so yep. exciting. Uh, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, you know, well, my buddy told me my buddy told me a story, he said, and I didn't know this, because I never went into the cave. But the, where was the cave? It was, where was it, on the other side where they were attached? It was an extension, uh, I don't know how, as you walked in the sugar tank, you keep going back towards the, the where the restrooms were, the bathrooms, and the, you keep going, there was, a, there was a lounge there that the advertisement people in the Boston area, rented from me. And it was, okay. And it was just the advertising uh, people that used to go there. That was their practice. Then you keep going, and there was the nightclub called The Cave that was there for years. It was a Latin okay. American Latin dancing years ago. But that closed, so you, too. So you bought that? Did you own The Cave? Yeah, I owned the whole property. I, I leased the whole property. I had uh, the two clubs and the lounge. Okay, now he said that one of the ways he'd get into the Sugar Shack is he'd go into the cave and he'd use the Sugar Shack bathroom and then walk into the Sugar Shack. Uh, was, that, was that possible? Well, we had the we had the cave running for a while, and then we just closed it. Uh, so uh, I can't remember. Maybe it's possible. I don't remember. If we, no, I think we had bathrooms in the cave. Oh, okay. Because okay. It was a separate. Uh, there were there were two separate areas. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Maybe, maybe you might be right, but uh, right. we try to get the. Uh, we try to get all all kinds of things. We try to bring the Latin room back there. In fact, somebody even uh, wanted to rent. We did open it up as a gay place called The Last Call. And uh, before you know it, uh, the law closed us down. We didn't have the right connection. and <laughs> We got closed down. But I leased it to these people. It wasn't me, you know. Uh, I leased it to them, and they got thrown out. We tried a lot of things, but nothing worked. Well, the sugar sack certainly did. So, I mean, that's right. Good, but, well, we're gonna we're uh, this. It's it's every time we do one of these shows, we learn a little bit more, and we move this thing a little bit more forward. 
Correct. We're going to get a documentary, you know, regardless. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, uh, Tom, it was a pleasure talking to you. Maybe we can wrap it up and uh, uh, get ready. What I want to do. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I want to do, I'm going to turn around and tell uh, all the friends I have on my uh, Facebook about the show, which I haven't done, I don't know why, to call in, too, and uh, we can interview some of the audience uh, because they're all fans of the Sugar Shack, you know? They all did So we can from them. Good. Why don't you get a couple for next week? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to do. We're going to send out uh, and uh, see if we can line up uh, some of the stuff. Because I, I get calls all the time, and they tell me. I, I tell you, the, the last call I got, I was trying to thank the lady for being so nice to me. She says, don't thank me. I have to thank you for what you did. Uh, with the Sugar Shack and all the memories I have and all the stars that I saw there. She says, I'm thanking you for what you did. You know, it's a, it was a pleasure listening to that, and I think maybe we should have that on the air so well, some of the audience... Well, you know, first of all, these, um, these shows don't go away. I, I'm listening, the other day I had a great comedian friend of mine died recently and I interviewed him a couple of years ago and these things are on iTunes and they'll be there forever so we right. can pull up these and these are going to be great bits to enter into a documentary to put together as a, an album of their own and to put to use when you know to take direct comments out when we do the book so these things are really important to get all those stories I Okay, then, uh, Tom, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, we'll wrap it up, and I'm going to play. You can call in later or listen later, but I'm going to play that 10-minute uh, clip of the Temptations in the Four Tops that was hosted by uh, uh, at the Apollo Theater. So, uh, all right, Rudy, we'll catch you next week. I'll tell you a little story about the Four Tops since you mentioned them. Uh, I was doing the shows at the Sahara, Hotel. I was like the entertainment director there, and uh, I played Frankie Valley, and we didn't do that good with him. And uh, no, we broke about even. The hotel broke about even, and uh, he comes to me and he says, "Rooney, next time you book me, he says, why don't you put the uh, Gladys Knight or somebody uh, on the show?" So I says, if you want somebody on the show, I says, what about the four tops? He says, I don't know. What do you think? I says, uh, the four tops are very good. It's a class act, and uh, I think you'll do good with them. So he says, okay, go for it. So before you know it, uh, the hotel uh, changes the, the, the format, and they go into a book show thing. You know, these off-Broadway plays? Oh, yeah. And and, uh, and before you know it, they let me go. So I said, okay, I was there about two years, a little under two years. And uh, they, let, they let me go because they changed, they went into the book shows. And uh, to make a long story short, 
about uh, after I'm gone, about, I don't know, maybe five, six months later, Frankie Valley opens with the Four Tops at the, at the Hilton. At the time, it was the Hilton. And uh, the show, I went there, they invited me in, and they caught me and everything and all that. And when I went backstage, oh, first of all, when the Four Tops came on, I never saw this in Vegas, and I went to a lot of shows. The audience got up on the table. They were dancing on the table when the four tops come on. I never saw that in my life. Somebody get people were on the table dancing. The show was <laughs> such a the show the show was such a hit. It ran for two years. Well, I'm sitting here in shock, and I'll tell you why. I opened for the four tops in Frankie Valley. You did? And, yeah, because they went, they went on tour after that. I opened for them in the Vermont State Fairgrounds. 2,500 people. And yeah. I put that show, I gave Frankie the idea. Could you beat that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was the Four Tops in Frankie Valley, and I opened for them in that stadium. In in in, uh, in uh, the, the the state fairgrounds in uh, in Vermont. What a small world! And uh, the Sahara, the Sahara, the Sahara, the Sahara show. It was unbelievable. That it was. It was a phenomenal show. Oh my God! You know, a, lot of, a lot of these hotels. Some of these owners, they don't even know what day it is. They just the gambling yeah. was overcoming their mistakes in those days. I had a, I had, had Mel Tillis come in with uh, uh, Glenn Campbell and Mel, Mel Tillis on the same show, and uh, they did fair. They, you know, they were did pretty good, but uh, they didn't sell out. Then I get a call from Mel Tillis, and he tells me, "Rudy, I got Sawyer Brown coming." Is it all right? I says, "Yeah." So I go to the I go to the owner Paul Lauder, and I say, "Paul, listen." It's hard to get acts to work the door because they had no money. They were waiting to go on a stock issue, and they had no funds. So we were getting—I was getting acts to do the door deal. They couldn't get into Vegas. So he—he he, uh, so I get the with Paul and I said, "Listen, why don't we play the act for a month?" Like I was here in '59, and all the artists used to work for a month. They used to work seven days a week open on a Tuesday, and uh, they had no days off. They worked the whole month. So I says, why don't we try this show for a month and see what happens? Oh, no, 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 you're crazy. What do you mean? We don't have any other acts. What, what am I going to do? He says, all right, try it for two weeks. We tried it for two weeks. Sawyer Brown and Mel Tillis sold the thing out the phones didn't stop ringing after the two weeks. They sold out every night, and after the two weeks, the phone didn't stop ringing. You think wow. he give me a thank you? <laughs> you know, it was unbelievable. The phone just kept ringing. You know what I noticed about Vegas? That if you get a hit show, that show could stand and work for at least God knows when, because. Uh, it just carries on. Uh, the news gets out. The people come. The cab drivers yeah. get in. And, 
say, well, there's a hit show at the Sahara or, or whatever it is. It's some kind of a mag magic. Like when uh, Zikri and Freud. They were yeah. Zikri and Freud. They worked here for 20 years, I think. Yeah, and, they uh, Right, they own Vegas. Yep, you're right. So I, I saw them. Uh, yeah, I saw them a couple of times. Yep. Yeah, that's the story that uh, some of these hotel owners, uh, who was in charge of the entertainment, uh, they're gambling and overcome all their mistakes. Okay, I'll let you go. And, uh, right, thanks, Rudy. I'm going to play that bit, that song. I'll talk to you next week. And that's you. Better leave now because. All right, that's take a show that I uh, put the idea together. <laughs> that's funny. That's so funny. Exactly who I opened for. All right, All right you have a good one. All right, take care. Thank you. You better leave now because I have a feeling something special is about to happen. We call it the Battle of the Groups. And for openers, here are the Manhattans. <laughs> Until I kissed you.
that's what it was like at the Sugar Shack. That crazy. That crazy every night. All right, please tune back. Come back. Tune in. Tune out. Tune. All right, thanks so much. <laughs>